Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, it's Mark Flalo on behalf of Mitchell Whitfield and myself. Thank you so much for taking a listen to this podcast. Do us a little favor if you would. If you love the show, give us a five-star review and don't forget to follow us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. We appreciate it and we love doing the show for you guys. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mark Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you each and every single week. And we're there with you every single day in spirit. Thank you guys so much for being here. Lots of exciting things to talk about this week, especially from the Apple event. Pretty much all about that Apple event. All the next week, Mitchell, we've got a Microsoft Surface event. That one I'm actually really looking forward to. That one excites you, me beyond this one, quite honestly. You, you know what, Mark? Uh, I, I love talking tech with you, right? I can't, get, I can't get over how great you sound right now. You sound super smooth to me right now. Not Ooh, that you don't really sound talking. good. But no, 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 you sound really good. Are you doing something different? Are you doing vocal work? Are you doing uh, <laughs> a smoothing of the larynx and pharynx? What's going on with you, man? You no, nothing. Amazing. I just, I'm just excited. I'm excited about technology and stuff. And I switched. I am too. I, I found a use for my iPad Pro, that giant one that cost me way more money than it should have. It's now <laughs> my mixer. It's, I've replaced the smaller iPad, so I have a bigger one. So I now another screen. And the Mackie setup? Is it a Mackie? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, setup? of course. I've got the yeah, Mackie setup, so we're, we're all good yeah. to go. Uh, Mitchell, um, so many people have been calling me saying, so what did you think about that Apple event? And uh, the only word I could possibly think of among all this excitement is underwhelming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? You know, let, let's, let's, let's put everything in context. Of course, for people that don't know, Apple had their their you know, annual fall event in which they always announce the latest iPhones, some other stuff, sometimes iPad, depending on what cycle of which iPad model is being replaced and or updated, uh, usually a little bit of software. Uh, and, you know, Mark, we're used to getting, okay, n- not every iteration of every device is going to be an incredibly different slash huge upgrade. We already know that. We, yeah, we, when course. you put out When you put out new products every year, and this is why I said the first company that decides to stay, that, you know, stops the posturing and says, you know what, we're going to put out something every other year is going to get a huge hurrah from me. So we know that not every, you know, when you put out a new product every year, not every product is going to be a huge upgrade. We get that. This is one of those cases where except for, I'd say, the iPad mini, stop me if I'm wrong, except for the iPad mini, which did get a new complete redesign to match the other devices in the lineup with the smooth edges a la the iPhone 4, if you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, aside from the iPhone, uh, iPad mini, nothing, and even the iPad mini, aside from that redesign, nothing that exciting, there was nothing exciting about that exciting about any product anything including apple watch apple watch might have been the lamest and i say lamest and with all the love in the world the lamest update yet or the least exciting of them all because it's now dust proof and has a slightly larger screen and that's all and that's really it yeah, so, I mean, this is... No, I mean, we're still going to talk about it. We still have to fill an hour show, folks. So don't get this wrong. We're going to talk about no, everything that, the listen, that they talked about. As you said, a lot, here's my takeaway. My sure. takeaway is that, you know, we have these events. There's this appointment to go see something. And we expect 
And even though it's been many, many years since we've had one of these surprises from Apple, we expect that surprise to come back. We expect there not to be leaks and there's going to be that one product that, that they announce or that one feature, that one more thing yeah. that is going to blow us away. Yeah. And I think we have to get over it, get over ourselves yeah. and realize that the way the world works now with social media, with production and with product lines is that it's not going to happen unless the company decides to announce something before it even makes it to a product I was line. Say, like six line. months to eight months in advance. Like they, they did with the iPhone, like they did with the Mac Pro, like they did exactly. with many other product before. We're the not going to get that surprise. Right. And I think it's unfortunate that we go into these events with such enthusiasm about seeing something like that because it leaves us underwhelmed. Now, yeah. that being said, everything <laughs> they announced yesterday could yeah. have been announced in a press release and it wouldn't yes. have it wouldn't have made a difference. Which is what, by the way, which is what Apple used to do to their credit when they had a, what they call a soft launch in the industry. Except for the iPhones. A, yes, They've of course. always had an iPhone event every said, single exactly. year. Whether exactly. it's a, an S year, which we call it, which we called yeah. it, um, or it's, it's a big year. Now, this is an S year. This is a, a small, minor upgrade year across the board other than that iPod. I don't know why they're still hanging on to that old design with the home button and, and the pencil support iPad. I, I think I do know why I think it's because price point materials cost is just cheaper so they can make that entry level point for education. Right. So we're talking right now about the new, the new iPad, which is the base model iPad. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Which, which is great for education. It's got that 10 inch screen, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's about it in terms of upgrades across the board there. In innards, yes, there are things I can get into bits and bytes and details, but we don't like doing that. So really, at the end of the day, there are minor features under the hood that are updated, and well, that's one it. Thing worth, well, there is one thing worth mentioning, which is just for the fact that it's interesting, okay? And that, that is the processor that, this, that the base model of the iPad gets is always a two-year-old processor. It's the, way, it's the way that it works. So we'll talk about the iPhones, which got the Bionic 15, the 15 Bionic, right? I think they're putting the 13. They're putting, and it's funny that they announce it, we are putting the two-year-old processor in this device, which is very funny to me that they announced that. And then, of course, they, they then announced the phone, which has a two-generation newer processor. So in order to keep that price point down, they put in a processor that they've, they've been making for years, which, of course, cuts down on costs because the longer you make a product, over, the, over time, the cheaper it becomes to make said product because the parts become cheaper and everything's already been in production for so long. So the fact that it's that we put the Bionic, 13 Bionic in there, which I think it's just funny. But, and and, by, do, and by doing so, really, I mean, they keep the price down, which is what yeah, they're that, trying to do. Point. Yeah. It's 329 US dollars. Now, the next step up from that iPad is this new iPad mini. It right. starts at 499 for a 64 gig model, but it's got 5G support. It's got USB-C support, not Thunderbolt, but just USB-C. It's right. got a new 12 megapixel camera. It's got up to 256 gigs of storage, but it's got that A15 Bionic chip, which powers it well beyond any of the predecessors. And Correct. it brings it really on par 
with some of the current generation iPads that are out there. It Absolutely. makes it a legitimate, great business tool. People who use it for diagnostics in the field, it's compact, it's small, it can fit in a pocket if you want to. Even if you ruggedize it, it's still going to be small and good. It supports the pen, the pencil. It's a great device. I ordered one. It's going to be fun to play with. Yes, totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, there were a couple other things. This one actually will, unlike the, the iPad they announced right before it, the base iPad, the iPad mini, will work with the second-generation pencil. We should mention that the, 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 the new iPad, the base iPad, will only work with the Gen 1 Apple pencil. Will it still work only with work with Gen 1, the new one? Yes. They oh, announced it. When really? they showed the video, they said with it works with the, with the original Apple pencil. I'm like, yay. yay. So, yeah. So, basically, the Mini is going to be just as powerful. In fact, it will have a new processor. It will have the newest processor, even when compared to, not necessarily more powerful than, but newer than even the iPad Pro. So, I'm very interested to see what this new Mini can do. I do think the one miss, and this is interesting because they announced that they have, uh, they have raised the base storage of all the iPhones, which is wonderful, but they still keep, and they did yeah. double technically the base storage of the Mini, bring it up to 64 gigs of its basic storage. I would have loved to see at least, if not starting at 128, at least give a 128 option because basically the Mini goes from 64 internal storage up to 256. There's yeah. nothing in between. I would like to see it start at 128 and go to 256. I think at this point, with all the phones starting that way now, uh, that would be the base storage for me for any iPad moving forward. Here's the think? funny thing about storage I find, especially when it comes to the iPad, I find I use more storage on the iPhone than I use on the iPad because of photos, because yeah, I use it to take day. photos. So I find I find that interesting. I think they clearly know that. So the iPad was, I mean, the iPad mini was the biggest really surprise and unexpected uh, thing at the end event. No one really right. kind of foresaw that. The other thing that people kind of tried to, uh, you know, leak or at least you know, figure out what was going on was they thought the Apple Watch was going to get a complete redesign, you know, flatter edges, thinner, but it really didn't. It did grow in size. So it's Slightly, gone from yes. 44 millimeters to now 45 millimeters, right. which is a really minute difference. But it looks like it's slimmed down a little bit in terms of the height because the glass is stronger yet thinner. But because the screen has been enlarged very, very minutely, um, they're able to fit a little bit more in the screen, and the screen kind of extends into the curved edges of the glass. So when you're looking at it, you can almost from the side, you can almost kind of see some of the stuff that's on the screen, which is kind of interesting when it yeah. comes to a watch design because you're always looking at that pretty straight on, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, this was one. This was the one product that I honestly wasn't expecting to be more than it was once it was announced. Strangely enough, this is the one that I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. Which again begs the question, do we need a new, now listen, you know how I feel about putting out a new, you know, a new iPhone every year. Not necessary. They'd get a lot more bang for their buck, a lot more re of a reaction, of a positive reaction on people just having to have the device if they waited two years in between releases and then gave people real, real upgrades that were worth doing. Now the Apple Watch, I think from the beginning is not a device that really, I mean, think about it. Do people need to get a new watch every year? Now, again, it's not really a watch, folks. It's a tech device. I always tell people don't expect it to be a watch. Look at it as a tech device on your wrist, which is what it is. Do we really need an Apple Watch every year? Absolutely not. And I think with the Apple Watch, we've sort of seen this hard stop mark, which you're going to start seeing more of every year with the Apple Watch, putting Apple in a very odd position of having to iterate on something that really doesn't need it every year. Uh, you're, you're kind of seeing the results of this after just, you know, version 7, let alone version 13 or 14 of the, I, of the iPhone. So now here we are where there are hardly any, hardly any difference, slightly larger screen. Uh, dust resistance has been increased. It's a little more ruggedized. But, Mark, 
that's really it. They talk a little bit about battery life being better, but they don't talk about the battery being bigger. There are not really that many more changes. So do you, the point is, and do you really not, need a new There's Apple not even watch? more changes on the software side either, which yeah. is what normally sometimes you dig in deeper and you spend some time with something and you realize that there's something on the software side that sets it apart that makes it better, but there really isn't. You know, I've been living with this beta for a couple of weeks now and on both the Apple Watch and the phone. And on the watch especially, there's really not much to it in terms of, you know, extra features. You're really not getting right. much. There's no new sensors. There's no glucose reading like people expect there to be, even though I think that's a very, um, you know, unex- I don't think that's something that you're going to expect anytime soon. Yeah, they um, said maybe next year or the year after. I've heard like yeah, that, I mean, that technology, that. no one has perfected that technology without some kind of needle prick into your into your body, right? Right. So yeah. I, I, we're not going to see that for quite some time. I think what we're, you know, this is why something like the Microsoft event coming next week really is something I feel like is looking forward to because we've got a new, a brand new operating system in, in Windows 11, um, which is not something they do every single year. It's something they do no. few and far between. Um, but we're also, so, yeah. but we're also, I mean, they are so due for a little bit of a redesign on the Surface Pros, um, but uh, they tend to surprise us with stuff. They tend to still be able to control a lot of the information leaking because they control a lot of the supply chain. So that's why that excites me a little bit more than the Apple stuff. Um, you know, absent, you know, from <laughs> from this Apple event was things like, you know, AirPods, things like um, Apple TV, even though they talked about the programming, which I think is becoming quite good. Um, yes, but, absolutely. You know, definitely they, worth buying right now, but definitely oh, worth subscribing. Ab- listen, listen, there are so many shows I'm discovering on Apple TV Plus that blow my mind. I've also started using Apple Fitness, and I'm quite enjoying that. I'm enjoying the, yeah. the tech being tied into it, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I mean, how often have we been able to talk about an Apple event in like 15 minutes and really almost be able to scrape the surface? Now we haven't, uh-huh. we haven't dove into the phone yet, which we will um, yeah. soon. But you know, those two devices alone. I mean, am I going to get an Apple Watch? Probably. You know, because I want the latest and greatest for the heck of it. I but and we have a radio show, so it yeah. you know, pays for itself in terms of talking about it. Would so, I recommend know, that, someone that. getting it? Maybe yeah. if you're yep. using a yeah. Series Three, maybe if you're using a Series Four, and there's a significant increase, then I would say maybe go for it. But not this, not this model year. But I know yeah. you're looking forward to the phone. I am, and I and I will tell you that I did pre-order the iPad Mini. Me too. In that luscious lavender, it looks like candy purple. I love that thing with a lavender. Lavender, what you would call a folio case on there. Yeah. So I am getting that, and I am I am looking forward to trying that because I still haven't upgraded my iPad since the, was it the 2018 2019, which was the first edge to edge Pro design. Was that 2019? Oh, I don't I believe remember. It, at this I believe point. it might have been. I really can't keep track. Well, that's that's the one that I have. I haven't I haven't had a reason to get a new iPad Pro because they haven't really, especially in the 11 inch form factor, because they haven't done the new screen technology that's on the larger one that you have. So I want to get this new iPad, see what it's like in terms of the speed. Excited about that. Did order a new phone. We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, incredibly underwhelmed. And I think it really gets people thinking. And I'm trying to encourage people. And listen, I was on that. Mark, we've been on that train for a long time. We're tech guys. We like to have the newest, the shiniest, and the prettiest just because we love technology. But I am so over the every year for <laughs> personal consumption getting a new device. And this, this event pretty much cemented that. I'm kind of on the right track with that because they're not really giving us a reason to buy something every year with events like this. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We're talking all about Apple's California streaming event. Of course, we have not touched upon the brand new iPhones, the iPhone 13, the mini, the Pro, the Pro Max, all that fun stuff. So let's get to it. Let's take a quick break and come back here on your tech report. Your tech report will be right back. 
Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles, Marco Flalo in Montreal, talking all about the Apple California streaming event. Lots of stuff announced this week, whether you like it or not. But you know what? <laughs> I talked about being excited about this Microsoft event next week, Mitchell. But yeah, uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah. I'm equally as excited about the shipment that arrived yesterday. Um, we, we talk Samsung. We like, like talking Android. We like talking Samsung. They don't... Um, they're not very accommodating in getting us stuff all the time. Wow. Which I've been very oh, honest about. Shout uh, out. We don't get that a lot. Yeah. But about that. But I mean, listen, you know, we'll talk about stuff when it comes, if it's relevant. And um, this is the first time I've had my hands on the new Z Flip 5G. The Z Flip a, 5G. How would you say is that? Is there a case on there? Do they get Yeah, uh, I put a case on this. They sent me a case with yeah. this one. It's uh, That's clearly, kind of interesting. <laughs> um, but they've really, you know, after three generations and a lot of flubs, they've kind of perfected this hinge. The hinge is definitely something that seems rugged and seems not flimsy. Uh, very cool OLED screen on the front that shows you the time and notifications, which is pretty cool. When it's folded up, yeah. When it's folded up, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's got everything now, the wireless charging and everything, and it's got a nice big edge-to-edge screen. That looks good. You, you can still, still see the foldy fold. Yeah, you, but, you, still, you, know. you see the crease in the middle, but we're, we're, yeah. we'll, get a, we'll get away from that. That's just technology. Yeah. Um, there is this, I mean, I don't know why they do this whole screen protector type thingy. Over the top, I guess it has to do with protecting the screen. Uh, no screen protector. But why they make it look like it's a physical third-party screen protector, why not just make it hidden under the edges so just it's part of there? Like, it's yeah, even, there's I even a cutout, Mitchell, yeah. for the camera little hole. So I don't get why it's Because you kind of want to peel it off. And there were issues with people trying to peel that off Well, the and, they, and they tell you right yeah. off the bat, like, do not peel this off. It's not meant to be peeled off. But, right. how, but how can you not? I just want to. The sucker, uh, but cool, but cool enough. I, I came with that was the uh, the Galaxy Watch 4, which is pretty cool because it's it's smaller than the Apple Watch, it's got a really nice feel to it. It's got a bezel that turns and allows you to control things haptically, so you get the haptic feedback as you're turning it, which is really That's neat. That's really cool. That's so, really I'm, I'm cool. looking forward to, to getting this all set up and testing it out, which is uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so excited about that, and we'll be talking more about this as we come. But let's let's dive into these iPhones, Mitchell, because. As you said, we're at this kind of midway point in the iPhone cycle. Um, again, other than the camera system, not much has changed in terms of this device, except the weight and the size. It's a little bit bigger and a little bit heavier. Shocking for a company that used to go with lighter and and smaller. So, yeah, thinner. So we've um, got the iPhone 13 in a mini version. Yeah. And a regular version, which is what, the 6.1 screen? We thought the Mini was going to go away, by the way. A lot of people were saying the Mini was going away. It did not. We think, I think because in other markets, in the Asian markets, we know the smaller phones sell better um, than they do here in North America and Europe. So maybe that's why they're keeping it for other markets. What do you think? I think think there's a lot of speculation that it's not doing well, but I think it's doing just fine. They wouldn't be continuing a model like this if it wasn't doing just fine. Somewhere. Not necessarily here, but somewhere. Yeah. So, um, number one, in terms of availability, this is going to be available next Friday, the 24th. Um, so, you can order this as of as of uh, yesterday. You'll be able to order the device. Uh, lots of options, especially even in Canada now, you can lease the device. Um, something that I wanted to mention that I totally forgot to talk about, and I don't know if your experience was the same in the U.S. in, in pre-ordering your iPad mini, but I got the option for Apple Care to either pay $79 for two years of coverage or pay a monthly fee until canceled. So you can keep Apple Care for as long as you want until you stop paying for it. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that was an interesting shift, which means yeah, that never, you know you yeah, get a device really cool. and you just keep paying, keep paying. Yeah, it's fourteen bucks a month, but if something happens to it five years in, you're still covered. Well, the one thing that I would remind people of, and you know, we like to give you little, uh, you know, little tech life hacks whenever we can. Uh, make sure you're not uh, doing redundant payments. What I mean by that is, because for a lot of people, they have insurance built into their carrier. Yes. So you know, Apple also offers their Apple Care. You have to first of all look at what your carrier offers. Look at what Apple offers in terms of the the you know what you're getting for that warranty that you're paying for, and then make your decision. And certainly, do not do both. Do not do not pay for a warranty on a monthly basis through your phone carrier. Carrier and through Apple. I will tell you, you know, it's it's different everywhere what your carrier will offer versus what Apple offers. I will say Apple usually gets their stuff done faster and with less of a problem in terms of sometimes your carrier will say, well, we want to see pictures, send this into us or bring it into a store, make sure this. And there's sometimes a little bit more of a process to go through to get the warranty service done. Apple is sort of like, oh, no problem. You have Apple Care. We don't care what happened. Give us the phone. We'll either replace it or fix it right now. Yeah. So Apple is usually, you know, you get what you pay for in terms of Apple's premium for their service, but their service is usually good. Just do not pay for both. That's all, that's all I want to tell everyone. So let's talk about the 13 and the 13 mini. So it's available in a couple of new colors. There's a new pink finish. There's a blue finish. There's yeah. a midnight finish, which they call it. That's their space gray. A new starlight finish, which is kind of the white, but a little creamier this way. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the product red. Uh, the screen's a bit tougher because he uses the latest Gorilla Glass, glass even though they call it Ceramic Shield. Ceramic Shield, yes. Um, you know, 6.1-inch display on the iPhone 13, uh, 6, 5.4-inch on the Mini. You got the water resistance, and you got a camera upgrade because you got this new dy- uh, uh, diagonal. Okay, that was dynamic. This new 45-degree uh, <laughs> cameras, so they fit more of the actual uh, you know, back end and the goodness of the guts into there, including a new ultra-wide camera, uh, which has m- better performance in low light. Uh, it yes. captures more wide, you know, 47% more light on the wide camera, and a Macro new sensor shift yeah. optical image stabilization, Mitchell. Yes. So, so, so let people know about this image stabilization. So back in, way back in 2020, um, there was a very interesting year for Apple when they talked about their iPhones and uh, the difference between the pro iPhones, even between the 13-inch, the 13-inch, the, 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 the um, iPhone 12 Pro versus iPhone 12 Pro Max. There was actually a difference in between those. Uh, and the main difference, you know, I'm, I won't get into that, but one of the differentiating points between the Pro and the regular phones last year was this image stabilization, actually physical actual image stabilization built in to the camera modules where it was like an anti-shake mechanism. Now they've taken that away where it's not just in the Pro models. It's all across the iPhone line starting in the standard iPhone 13. You get that stabilization on the physical level, not the software level. So that's real, that, that, that was a new thing that we heard was happening, but kind of a new thing that everyone should have, Mark, not just people that were buying the Pros, right? No, exactly. I mean, across the board, you know, especially when it comes to the really biggest differentiating feature between the 12 and the 13, which is which is the camera system and right. the software really behind it. It's available across the line. It, it's available in all of them. You do Correct. get the LiDAR sensor in the, on the Mac Pro Max, and you get one extra camera there. But, you know, let, let's talk about this cinematic mode for a oh, second. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do this. You know, you work in film and television. D- describe yes. this in the best way you can. Okay, so there's a term called racking focus in in movies, which is, let's say the camera is showing a scene with someone in the foreground, someone right in front of the scene, and then someone in the back behind them. 
Uh, you can, you know, usually the cinematographer or the camera operator will rack the focus, change the focus for dramatic purposes where the person in front isn't focused and all of a sudden they turn, what do you think? And the person behind, then suddenly the focus shifts and it, now you're focused on the person behind them or in the back of the scene. It's really dramatic sort of moment and a way for, you know, way to tell a story without moving the camera. You're just shifting what the camera is focused on. And that's, you know, it's a really interesting shot. It's really, you know, done well. It, it really does a great thing in cinema uh, to create that tension or create you know, sort of a dynamic look of a scene. And now, thanks to your, you know, the technology in iPhone, in cinema mode, and again, this is something that can be turned on or done manually, automatically, with a finger touch, you can actually shift what you're focusing on in the, while you're shooting dynamically. So let's say you're focusing, and you could never do this before. Normally, you'd have to focus on your subject, start shooting, and the camera would stay focused on that subject. Now, if you're focused on, if you have two people in the shot, you can just touch and tap to switch who you're focusing on thanks to this new cinema mode. And actually, Mark, it looks pretty good. Yeah, there were some moments where it, looked, where it looked a little like, okay, it wasn't exactly smooth in some of the demos they showed. But overall, it looks really good. And Mark, I think we both were ooing and eyeing about, from what I understand, even after you finish yes. shooting, you can still shift focus so this once is you where finish the shooting. Software That's incredible. Element comes in yeah. Because yeah. it's anticipating what you want to do um, when you're filming in, in real time. And by the way, it's also in Dolby Vision HDR. But what's <laughs> really crazy. happening is the software is <laughs> doing all the work in terms of the focus. It's really, it's capturing everything in focus, everything in focus. And then uh, using the software, it's anticipating what you want to do. But after, if you don't like the way it did it or when it did it or the timing, you can just go in with a couple swipes and a couple clicks and actually do all the heavy lifting yourself afterwards manually. So that's, that's pretty cool. And this reminds me back in the day where you were able to um, there were some devices, I don't remember which phones, maybe Samsung phones, where you could take a whole picture and then you could tap on something that wasn't in focus. Yes. And it focused on that and it got rid of it. It was the large yeah. camera that had the big screen back. And Mark, you know, this, you, you used to make me think of something because you're talking about it being all on the software side. It kind of makes you wonder if they're using the portrait mode technology to sort of blur out the other stuff in the background to begin with. And by touching or shifting, you're just really releasing that portrait mode blur and focusing on something that is already in focus the entire time, like you just said. See, the entire thing is staying in focus, but the foreground stays in focus, background gets that portrait blur until you touch it, which releases the portrait blur and just releases the rest of the focus shot. That's probably how it's doing it. Yeah, there's also new photographic styles for still photos. Um, yes. Interesting stuff. Now, this is this is where I have a, a conundrum because, yes, I use my iPhone as my point-and-shoot for my kids and capturing memories and stuff like that, but I'm not going out there and saying, hey, I want to create content. I want to record my TV show. Let me go buy the next iPhone because that's the camera I want. Right. I'm not I'm not actively seeking out an iPhone as a cinematic capturing tool because there are cheaper devices out there there are more capable devices out there like Sony cameras Canon like, uh, that I Absolutely. would go to way before I go to my iPhone so how I I'm trying to understand the logic of working all these features in and ProRes mode and compatibility into a phone because nobody's going out and getting a phone and saying, here, let me go do this. I understand it enables people who have it that do want to get, venture down that road. But after filming stuff on my iPhone, even if that's where that's where I started, 
I'm not going to say, oh, I want to upgrade now. Let me get the new phone. No, I'm going to say I want an upgrade now. Let me buy a lighting kit. Let me go buy the Sony DSLR. Let me go buy the Canon. Let me go. Yeah. So this I'm going to disagree with you here. Okay. Right? I'm, I'm going to give you the, the opposite point. Okay. Just because it's good. It's good to have opposed, not opposing points, but another point of view. So it, I go back to, you know, what they talked about a long time ago when it came to the iPhone and that, that famous quote being, the best camera you have is the one you have on you. When you want to get that picture, when you want to get the best, when you, when you have a moment with your family, when you're on vacation, the best, the best camera you can have is the one that you have in your pocket at that moment, okay? For a lot of people, a lot of people when they're out and about on a daily basis, daily basis, forgetting about going someplace with the purpose of taking a picture mark, but just when you're out and about and something happens, a moment happens, a moment presents itself, the thing that you have in your pocket at any given moment is your phone, right? So for a lot of people, it does become their de facto, their go-to camera just by the fact that it's on them all the time. And people get used to that facility. They, they get used to the fact that I don't have to worry about carrying a camera because I have my phone on me. And look at that. The phone camera and the phone video camera are pretty darn good yeah. to the point where the thing that excites me now about getting the new phone and the thing that we know every year is going to get the biggest boost is the camera. Bar any, barring anything else, we know that every year they will not just reiterate, but usually, you know, something pretty big on the camera side. So for me, it actually has become a selling point because for a lot of, for a lot of, you know, the phone is a couple of years old. Great. Now that camera, after two years of me waiting, I know I'm getting a fantastic camera upgrade. And for me, I, since my family is with me and when we're going out over the weekend and stuff, I don't always want to carry a camera. In fact, I've, I've, I've sort of stopped carrying a camera with me because the camera on my phone has gotten so good. I don't feel the need to. And then feel, now listen, Mark, when we're doing, when we're doing a TV show, we're, we're filming something for the interwebs where we want something really good quality, you know, we'll use the DSLR and our Sony a series camera, which is, you know, incredible. But Short of that, short of setting up a home studio where we know we're going to have a purpose-built camera for that, you have to admit, the new cameras, you know, you see what, you know, Catherine Bigelow did and, you know, they had that cinematographer doing the demo. Seeing what you can do in the, hands of, in the hands of professionals, you can make amazing content with these new phones. So I don't see a reason to carry another device unless you're a professional. And even then, a lot of them are making movies on iPhone right now. So yeah. that's my opposing point of view. I mean, I'll take your point of view. I'll, I'll go with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's on you. Why not have it? Why not have it be great? I, I'm I sold. All right, um, no more carrying a camera for you. iPhone 13 Pro. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest difference, obviously, is the extra camera, which gives you um, some macro video capabilities, which we didn't really have before. You were able right. to kind of fake it, but now you can kind of get it really, really close up. Um, but some new screen technology, which is extremely interesting to me, which has basically it's variable. It's a variable refresh rate if I were to call it that, which means that when you don't need it, so when you're not scrolling and it's hyper smooth because it's 120 hertz, kind of like when you're watching sporting uh, sports on a, on a high refresh rate television, right, you right, see a exactly. lot more detail when you're, when you're actually you know, swiping up and down and things are moving, where this one will actually kind of ramp up and ramp down as needed, which helps for battery life because it's not constantly Absolutely. pumping out 120 hertz. But there's a speculation here that this is going to help with that always-on display that everybody else in the world has been doing except for Apple. Um, and we might see that software-wise when this actually hits the shelves next week. Uh, do you think that's going to happen? 
I think that it, it is now capable or, of it. I think it right. may not be there right away, but I think now that we are able to to ramp up and down that refresh rate, they'll be able to incorporate that thing down the road. Yeah, and you're right, and it will help. It will help actually with battery life. It's not one of those things where, look what we did. It'll help with battery life. Where you're like, yeah, yeah, but how much is it really going to help? I get this, and like like Mark said, and like Apple said. You know, anything that can contribute to not being on all the time, whatever that feature is, will, by definition, save you on battery life. So if that screen does not need to give you the smoothie smoothies, then you are going to have, you know, you don't mind, you know, the hertz being, you know, dialed down a little bit if it means giving you that extra hour. And by the way, we should mention iPhone 13 uh, is supposed to give you, I think, an extra hour and a half or hour to hour and a half of battery life for this generation. And then uh, for the pro models, maybe two to two and a half hours extra of, uh, you know, on time for video, I think, or just on time in general. So it's two and a half more hours on the 13 pro max. Okay. One and a half more hours on the 13 pro. Okay. Um, Of course, MagSafe is a little bit quicker now in terms of charging. Um, 5G has a couple more bands for more speed in more places. Uh, so, I mean, listen, across the board, it's definitely going to be an improvement <laughs> over what was before. But yeah. is it worth spending that amount of money after just getting a 12 Pro Max? That no, is not entirely up to you. You know, it's entirely I, up I, to you. But I will say there is something that is worth purchasing right now, which is something that I didn't think was really worth it before. And I'm not a Mac guy because I don't really care that much about MagSafe. But the new MagSafe wallet, I think, actually has embedded tracking in it. So if you lose your MagSafe wallet, because they can come detached, folks, anything that can become attached by magnet can become detached by magnetic, you know, by magnetic field. So uh, the new magnetic wallets do have tracking. So if you drop them somewhere, you can track them down like you could anything else. So there you go. Which is pretty cool. cool. I like that whole kind of find my ecosystem, which is neat. Uh, (laughs) Mitchell, I mean, that kind of wraps up the the Apple event. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're going to get hands on with these devices. We're hopefully going to get the iPad mini in hand next week or the iPhone pros and all this fun stuff coming up. So do continue to follow along with us on all our social media, which is at your tech report. Um, we are going to take a quick break. We're not done for the day. There's a, a company that uh, I am very familiar with that handles all my storage at home called Synology. And we had a chance to catch up with, uh, with them a while back. And we're going to bring you that interview after you take a quick break, break here on your tech report. And don't forget next week, Mitchell, that Microsoft yes. event. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited about that. The 22nd yeah, is the event. If you yeah. follow our social media, we'll be talking all about that fun stuff. And, of course, we're going to bring you all the latest announcements. And maybe we can try to get someone from Microsoft on the show to tell us firsthand about what goes in to putting up one of these events. Because it's it's uh, they do manage to continue to surprise us year Absolutely. after year. So I'm looking forward to that immensely. Me too. That's all I got. Just me too. That's no fun. I thought you'd have more than that. No, I got a me too. That's all you get, man. Well, At these prices, you know, we can tell you that. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flatlow. Again, follow along on all our social media. It is at your tech report on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You know the drill. Let's take a quick break and come back with Synology right here on your tech report. Your tech report will be right back. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. 
I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance, and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.